Welcome to the Mindful Dating Podcast, where it's all about helping you find healthy, lasting love without losing yourself in the process. Get clear on what you need most from a partner, develop a dating and relationship strategy that works for you, and practice self-leadership in all your relationships. Join your host, Dr. Yael Dubin, on her mission to discover how you can lead from your most authentic, courageous self and create a lifetime of joy and abundance. Hello, hello. I am so excited to talk with you a little bit about today's topic. I have been really, really excited about this for a while now um, because there was something people ask me a lot of times, like what was, what was this turning point or what was the other turning point? And I've had a lot of them, but there was one in particular that really hit home and made me get super honest with myself about wanting a partner. But before I hop into that, what I do want to talk about really quickly is um, two things just to let you know what's going on. One week from today, I will be offering my one-hour talk on five keys to finding lasting love without losing yourself in the process. It's a super great introduction to my process and a lot of my thinking, and it might give you a few um, like just nuggets and things to get you on your journey to finding your partner and someone that's going to make your life really exciting and, and wonderful. The second thing is I have, I'm currently sponsoring a May Mindset Makeover Bingo. I'm really excited about it and like ridiculously so. I'm not really a bingo person, but there's an opportunity for me to give things away. And I love that. And I like giving things away, but I also have like parts of like, oh, but other people want to give too. So it's about um, helping you do some self-care things and shift your mindset a little bit, a little bit at a time, building community and support around that. And then there are prizes at the end. So if you're not in that bingo thing and you want to be, just let me know and I'll send you the link so you can grab a card. Okay, so today I want to talk about accepting substitutes. And I want to really speak out 100% against accepting substitutes because you shouldn't accept them. So sometimes you don't have a choice. You just have to accept substitutes. It's where you are with your life. But I work with a lot of people. Like I hear a lot of people out there, like I'll have conversations in private messenger. I'll have conversations at my free events. I'll just, you know, meet with people out networking when they find out that I'm a dating and relationship coach. And they'll say things like, oh, you know, I don't need a partner. I have lots of friends. I have chosen family. And maybe that sounds like you. Maybe you can relate to that and you are also thinking, I don't need a partner. I have a lot of friends. I have chosen family. And I don't mean at all to be argumentative or at all dismissive of your chosen family. I mean, and I think if you do have chosen family, I'm 100% confident you've selected amazing people to support you on your life journey. However, I'm equally confident that no family, chosen or otherwise, is a substitute for a partner. It's not an adequate substitute over the long haul. So I'm going to share a little bit about my story and how I came to this conclusion, because I think it will be a little easier to hear if I can share from my own my own perspective. And it may or may not resonate with you, but I, I can imagine that if I say, hey, your chosen family just doesn't cut it as a substitute for a partner, that could piss you off a little. So I want to I want to sh share with you and unpack a little bit how this came for me. So First and foremost, I'm an adoptee. So I started off right off the bat being someone else's substitute 
and having substitutes. So I was someone else's substitute child. I was a substitute for the child my parents couldn't have. And they were the substitute for my birth parents who couldn't raise me. So we were substituting for other things that really had meaning and value. And when I say like, don't accept substitutes, or these things aren't adequate substitutes, it's certainly not to say there was no meaning or value to be had in those relationships. But it is to say, they were substitutions and they always felt like it for all of us involved. There was a little bit of a substitution there. So totally know about that. And then not only was there that undercurrent of I'm a substitute, they're a substitute. The real parents and the real children didn't show up for us. There was a lot of other dysfunction in the family and it was always going to be dysfunctional whether I had been born into that family or not born into that family and seriously would have had some dysfunction had I been um, not relinquished or relinquished. It really didn't matter which of those two circumstances I grew up in. Didn't matter if I had been the birth child or the adoptee in my in my adoptive family. It was super dysfunctional. So for me, chosen family was always incredibly important as a result of these things. The ability to choose, which I didn't have when I was adopted. I did not have the ability to choose my placement. I was placed by someone else, probably someone of dubious morals and ethics, but I didn't have a say-so in that. I didn't have agency in that event. So to be able to choose family for me really was super important. Firstly, secondly, the ability to choose chosen family that was more nurturing, that was more consistent, that was more functional was really, really important. And life has definitely from time to time pushed me to the breaking point. And these people, my chosen family has come through for me. They were there when I needed them most. And they were there through years when I didn't have a partner. And they definitely hauled my ass through hell. But it wasn't until my life got actually better and more stable and that I had rebuilt things that I realized that my chosen family was a great support during hard times, but we weren't planning a life together. We weren't going to buy property together. We weren't going to move in together, do yard work, home projects together. When one of us got a job, we weren't both going to move and get jobs in the same city. We weren't going to plan retirement. We weren't going to, you know, buy an old folks home package together. And what I realized was that I had been using my chosen family to substitute for the deep partnership my soul longed for. Because this chosen family, they were friends. They weren't looking at me as a partner. They loved me dearly. I'm important to them too. But they weren't looking at me as a partner. They weren't looking at me as someone who, hey, let's commit to a life together. And then if you move, I'll move and we'll always buy property. That wasn't what they were doing. And that's what I wanted. So that was not a tragic situation by any means. My life was really good. I was earning a six-figure income. I was chairing a department. I had a townhouse. I had a car. I was relatively happy. This is not me being in a tragic situation at all. However, it wasn't quite satisfying. I really, really, really wanted deep in my heart of hearts and my soul, I wanted a true partner. And I was done substituting. I was done accepting substitutes for what I really, really wanted. I wanted this thing of my own. Because if I was willing to accept the substitute for the thing I really wanted, what that meant was that my life was a substitute for the life I really wanted to live. So I want you to hear that again. When you're accepting substitutes, your life becomes a substitute for the life you really want to live. 
And I'm not saying, you know, Jet, don't talk to your chosen family anymore. I'm just saying, consider whether you have needs for partnership that are not being met there. Consider whether they are a substitute for the partner that you wish you had, or can they just be good things unto themselves while you still have a partner? Because in reality, you can have chosen family and people that love you dearly and support you through thick and thin and also have a partner. So I'm curious if you can relate to any part of what I'm talking about. Can you relate to this aha moment of recognizing that, oh, you know, actually chosen family is great, but what I want is a full, true partner. I do want to make the moves with someone. I want to make the joint investment with somebody. I want to invest in building a life together. Yes. Can, if you can relate to that, if you're single, especially <laughs> if you're married already and you don't have that partner, also reach out. I do couples coaching. But if you're single and you can relate to that and you really want someone to go through life with to be your true partner, I would love to hear from you. If you're willing to share, drop a comment below or message me. I always love when people connect about the videos because I think that if you have a deep soul longing for a partner and you want to build a life with someone, you should not accept any more substitutes because that then makes your life a substitute for the life you really want and you deserve better than that. So that's what I have to say on not accepting substitutes. I hope that has been just a little nugget for you to chew on over the next few days. Bye. Thank you for listening to Mindful Dating with your host, Dr. Yael Dubin. If you're ready to shake up your dating routine and transform your approach to relationships, go to BahiraCoaching.com where you can sign up for our newsletter, pick up your free digital copy of Five Keys to Finding Lasting Love, and even schedule a free call with Yael now. Bahira Coaching is on Facebook and Instagram. Stay up to date with our programs, literature, and watch live sessions with Dr. Dubin. Links will be included in the show notes. Tune in next week when we'll share more about how you can find lasting love without losing yourself in the process.